Welcome to the Red Rain Podcast. Here is your host from SB Nation's Revenge of the Birds, Walter Mitchell. Thank you once again, Kyle Little Rock Ledbetter. Uh, today, Cardinal fans, going to piggyback on the trade idea of Kyler Murray to Carolina um, and the Panthers um, with a mock draft, what the Cardinals could accomplish um, if they were to make this trade. Now, um, we don't know what's going to happen with Kyler over the next couple of weeks. We know that there is a um, that the agent issued a bit of an ultimatum by the draft. There should there's either a deal or else, <laughs> and um, you know, so we're kind of still waiting in a holding pattern to see how this shakes out. And uh, so while we are, we might as well entertain some ideas of you know what what a trade would look like and. You know, you can weigh for yourself whether it's something that you would find exciting or that you just think is preposterous. That's fine, too. Um, but uh, one of the things that's standing out to me, and I think, you know, um, is how surprising this offseason off has been. Um, we've so seen in two previous years teams with the Super Bowl in their arenas going all in. And, and being successful at it with the Bucks going all in and making all those signings and, you know, in, in uh, 2020 and winning it all. And then with the, the Rams last year, pulling out all the stops and doing everything they could to field a championship roster and, and, uh, and pull it off at their home stadium. And they did. And the Cardinals, uh, I mean, I, the only way I can describe, I wrote a, an article on, on ESPN. I'm not ESPN, yeah. They're printing my stuff now. <laughs> um, an article on revengeofthebirds.com yesterday uh, about um, it looks to me like the Cardinals' philosophy is to acquire compensatory picks, which means kicking the can down the road. Um, I, I just don't understand it, All, although I think there are, backlashes from um you know the kind of uh, people not being sure about kyler murray's situation um i think that that may have had a uh, you know sort of ripple effect on free agency for the cardinals um you know as we see as we have seen it's just unfathomable in a year where the super bowl is in arizona that right now we still don't have a wide receiver too um on the roster um, and uh, having lost Christian Kirk and, and uh, AJ green. Um, it's just mind boggling uh, at this point. And of course it's putting all the pressure now on the draft of, of filling holes, you know, and going into the draft with needs, um, you know, wide receiver at cornerback and on the edge. Um, so it looks to me like, same thing at the trading deadline last year where the Cardinals, uh, a few weeks earlier, they had made the trade for uh, Zach Ertz, which really helped out after Max Williams went down. But at the trading deadline itself, the Cardinals were dormant, um, while the Rams, of course, made two huge moves. Um, and that's in, right in those days, uh, 
of of the deadline, and then uh, you know we saw what happened down the stretch. So I mean, it makes made me wonder then, you know, do, do the Cardinals think they really have a chance or not? The, you know, are they not willing to mortgage the future to make moves to try to go all the way? Um, and it was clear; it seemed clear to me that they, you know, they were not thinking that way. And now with this offseason, it doesn't appear to me like they're thinking it either. Um, there doesn't seem to be a huge sense of urgency to sign outside free agents. Love the in-house free agents the Cardinals re-signed, every one of them. And uh, I like the, the, the few, um, you know, sort of bargain deals they made uh, with outside free agents like cornerback Jeff Gladney. Um, you know, he's a, he's a promising young talent, Will Hernandez, who can, um, you know, compete for the right guard spot. Um, and there's tape on him doing a pretty good job on Aaron Donald the last time they played. So that's encouraging. And, uh, I, 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 I liked the, the, uh, the pickup of, of Anderson, the tight end from the chargers. Uh, he reminds me uh, quite a bit of Charles Clay, um, the sort of utility tight end H back fullback that the Cardinals signed as a free agent, uh, in Cliff's first year. And they got s- some degree of productivity from Clay in that first year. Um, I like him as, as an addition there. Um, so that felt good. And, um, you know, we certainly need, um, to fill the, the need areas now as we head into the draft. And, and um, so um, one of the things that st- stood out to me was if, if indeed the Cardinals were suddenly facing a trade request from Kyler Murray and, and his agent, um, and if the Panthers were in play as a number of uh, uh, pundits across the USA or are, are, uh, or sort of projecting could happen. You know, I thought, Hey, let's look at what the Cardinals could accomplish if they were to trade, uh, make that trade. And, um, what, what I proposed last week was, uh, a deal that would include, um, Christian McCaffrey, who the, um, Panthers have said they're willing to trade McCaffrey's cap hit next year is 1.5 million. So it, what a bargain that would be to add him in. And then, uh, of course, I made the argument that you switch him primarily to wide receiver because he is dynamic um, as a receiver and super quick. Um, he could be our version of Cooper Cup um, or Debo Samuel um, or Tyler Lockett. Uh, he's got, in fact, more speed than all those guys. Uh and he is a rack monster once you get to get him in the uh, open field. So, um, you know, the thought of McCaffrey adding in their wide receiver, that addresses part of the right wide receiver room. In this mock, I'm going to make another um, another pick to help, you know, uh, add to the talent and depth at, at, at wide receiver. And um, But, you know, I have to say, um, you know, if if the Cardinals made this trade, obviously they would get the number six pick, which is, you know, the the real allure of a trade like this is if you can get up to the number six pick and having the 23rd pick 
And then I've, I've done a little shuffling on the uh, simulator to maneuver a couple of trades that could um, give the Cardinals a couple of, of picks in the, in the early, early hundreds where they don't have any picks at all. Because uh, I, I, I'll tell you what, I am in love with these uh, Cincinnati Bearcats. Um, and I've been talking about them for a few years now. Um, I just, the, the Cincinnati program is, is so well run. These kids are tough. They're disciplined. They're aggressive. Um, everything about so many of these prospects uh, gets me hugely excited because at number six, how about adding Ahmad Sauce Gardner to be our premier cornerback for the next 10 years? And uh, with each pick, um, I'm going to ask Kyle to give the uh, ESPN Plus um, status report um, on each player. So, Kyle, what is what do they say about Sauce Gardner? Well, they say that Sauce Gardner has exceptional instinct and recognition, exceptional cover skills, above-average ball skills, and above-average run support. And uh, according to his status report, Gardner, a tall, long, and lean corner with above-average top-end speed, finished his college career with 99 tackles, 18 pass breakups, and 9 interceptions. He's the best press man defender in the class. He didn't allow more than 13 receiving yards in a single game in 2021's college football playoff run. He has an outstanding combination of arm length, body control, foot agility, and closing burst. He makes it tough for receivers to get off the line and smothers them underneath. Gardner is a naturally instinctive corner who excels at reading receivers' routes, and he also shows good pattern recognition when occasionally asked to play zone. He can be a bit too physical at times and will need to adjust to NFL rules beyond five yards. His long arms allow him to make late. There's no trouble contesting bigger wide receivers. In run support, he needs to get stronger in order to get off blocks, contesting bigger wide receivers. Quicker, wait, he needs to get off blocks quicker and hold up better as a tackler versus big ball carriers. Gardner grades out as a plug-and-play starter and should quickly emerge as a top-tier cornerback at the next level. Uh, one, one of the analysts for ESPN has him as their number one corner, and another analyst has him at number two behind Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU. Yeah, I, Derek Stingley. I, I, see, I, I can't buy players who kind of take seasons off and, um, and suddenly don't play hard. Um, now obviously he's probably trying to protect himself and his draft stock. And I get that, but once you have the off switch as a player, that's what is very concerning to me. And we've seen it in Cardinal players, um, when they have it and it's very frustrating. You want someone who's going to bring it and be a baller the whole time. And to me, there's no comparison between Stingley. Well, obviously he's a superb athlete. But in terms of toughness and the required discipline it takes to play the position, I think that Sauce Gardner is head head and shoulders at the top of this class. And um, the, th the thought of adding him to the Cardinals at a position in need is pretty exciting. So, um, and I finagled a couple of trades where, like I said, I 
I had the Cardinals trading down with the Bucks, uh, four four spots, going from twenty three to twenty seven, picking up a, a a pick in the early hundreds. Then I had a, another trade with the Bengals, um, going from twenty seven down to thirty one, where I picked up um, a, a, another third rounder at pick ninety five, which is going to be key for this draft. Um, because I'm um, eyeing these Bearcats, and of course, at pick 31, wanted to keep a, a first-round pick, so we have a fifth-year option on Desmond Ritter, quarterback, Cincinnati. Kyle, let's hit it. All right, Desmond Ritter's quarterback-specific traits. He has above-average mental makeup, average accuracy, above-average release and arm strength, and above-average pocket mobility. They also list him as exceptional intangibles as well, which is more of an overall football trait in the status report. Desmond Ritter finished his career with a 44-6 and record as a starter, completing 62% of his career pass attempts. His 2,180 rushing yards and 28 rushing touchdowns were both school records for a quarterback. He is a compact, quick, and over-the-top delivery. His overall ball velocity is just a notch below elite. He gets good zip on intermediate throws and fits the ball into tight windows. His overall accuracy is just average. Ritter shows quality ball placement on a lot of throws, but then inexplicably misses within the strike zone and occasionally misses the target altogether on a handful of throws per game. He generally gets the ball out on time and shows great touch and trajectory. He sees the whole field and progresses through reads quickly. He was an excellent quarterback against the Blitz in 2021. He has quick feet for his height and frequently extends plays with his mobility, but his pocket awareness is still very much a work in progress. Ritter has ideal height, a strong arm, and plus mobility, but his ball placement inconsistency is highly, highly concerning. He grades out as either a very good backup or an average starter in the NFL. Yeah, see, I contest that. I, I think that with the right quarterback coach, aka Cliff Kingsbury, um, some of those issues about about uh, you know accuracy can be smoothed out for sure. Love the athleticism, love the mindset, love the um, the work ethic, the toughness. Um, the kid's a winner. Period. Um, he will find ways to get it done. And, uh, you know, 44 and six record at Cincinnati. I mean, look what he's done with that program. Got him all the way to the final four um, with an undefeated season. His Notre Dame game, if you want to queue up, uh, you know, what Ritter looks like against a top notch, um, you know, program with riddled with pro prospects. I mean, watch that Notre Dame tape. It's, it's beautiful. Um, not perfect. And that's the thing with Ritter. I mean, he's 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 does have his moments where he's a little um, little inconsistent. But when games are on the line with his legs, with his arm, he makes big plays. And uh, I just love the the attitude too. He's uh, he's a leader um, and he's a believer. And I think that he makes he's one of those classic quarterbacks who makes everything, everyone around him better, as they say. Um, the other thing is Cincinnati's offense was pro style in a number of different ways. 
and they're not the dink and dunk type. He takes a lot of shots downfield, as you'll see in my next pick. Um, his favorite uh, target was Alec Pierce. We're going to go ahead and take it, pick 55, the wide receiver, good size, and 4.38 speed. Kyle. All right. Before we get to Alec Pierce, I do like to point out this my, one of my favorite stats that I've ever gotten, which was when uh, Desmond Ritter was first recruited as a senior in high school to Cincinnati, and he was a fifth-year starter, so he was there for a while. But uh, when Desmond Ritter first committed to Cincinnati, the offensive coordinator of the Bearcats was Zach Taylor, who was in the Super Bowl last year, which is <laughs> kind of weird. That is awesome. <laughs> and with the Cincinnati Bengals, yeah, exactly. which is also another theme. I want you know, I, I want to do what the Bengals did. I want to get be the the Cinderella story, uh, you know, going all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, and these Cincinnati Bearcats, cats, I think, could help us do it. But interesting you brought that up because remember, Jamar Chase sat a whole season and went number five and turned into the incredible star that he was, the, the yeah. LSU connection at the top yep. of the draft. Yeah. All right. Alec Pierce. So. Uh, according to his wide receiver specific traits, he has average separation skills, exceptional ball skills, above average big play ability, and above average competitiveness. Pierce had an excellent, or Pierce has an excellent combination of height, length, bulk, and straight line speed. He ran a 4-4-1 40-yard dash at the combine. He has good acceleration off the line of scrimmage and chews up ground quickly. He's at his best on vertical routes and excels at gaining late separation. As an intermediate route runner, he needs to gather a bit too much getting in and out of sharp cutting breaks. Pierce excels at tracking the deep ball and shows great body control to adjust to throws outside of his frame. He has big, soft hands and great hand-eye coordination. Pierce's production exploded in 2021, especially as a vertical receiver. He grades out as a wide receiver three or a wide receiver four as a rookie who can provide a deep game presence from both the outside and slot receiver positions. Yeah, that's where I would see him to step right in uh, and be like a wide receiver three or four um, with, uh, you know, um, with, of course, Hopkins as wide receiver one with McCaffrey as wide receiver two with um, Rondale Moore as a slot receiver and then put Pierce on the outside and four wide receiver sets and, um, you know, have him do go routes and posts and um, corner routes uh, with his size and speed. That's his, his uh, forte. And then, you know, as the years go by, I think the, he can get a little bit of Adam Thalen in him um, on uh, diversifying his, his root tree and making plays over the middle um, and up the seams. So love the size and speed there. Love the connection with Desmond Ritter down the line. Um, and I uh, think it's, he's a great fit. And we talked about, about him a lot uh, on Twitter this week. I mean, I put up uh, <laughs> a, a, a poll about which – Wide receiver, would you take at 23 of the following wide receivers available? Traylon Burks won the poll, and that's a guy that I really like too. Um, I think he's an excellent fit, um, and he's a totally different wide receiver than Alec Pierce. But 
a couple fans wrote in, can we vote for Alec Pierce? And I was like, wow, at 23, uh, um, I didn't, don't think Pierce is going to be a first rounder, but, but I do understand the intrigue because he is a, he's a 50, 50, you know, Velcro guy who's get up and make catches and great in the, in the red zone. Um, love his work ethic. I think he'd be a nice fit in there uh, and would get good playing time as a rookie in a wide receiver three or four mode. Um, so that's pick 55. And now um, we're going to shift gears and go defense again in the next couple of picks. Um, at 87, we're going to take my Jay Sanders, outside linebacker, defensive end, a player that the Cardinals have recently had in for a visit. Uh, Kyle, cue him up. My Jay Sanders, also from the Cincinnati Bearcats. I do like to point out six foot five, 228 pounds, which is very lean for a linebacker slash edge rusher type. So out of his defensive end specific skill traits, he is an average pass rusher, above average against the run, average versatility and average, I'm sorry, above average instincts and motor skills. Sanders started all 38 games during his final three seasons as a Cincinnati Bearcat. His greatest strength is his ability to fire out with leverage and then shoot his hands and stack blockers, both as a run defender and pass rusher. He has loads of upside as an edge rusher, but his production does not match up just two and a half sacks in 14 games in 2021. He flashes as a hand fighter, but his speed to power moves stall out far too often. Sanders has excellent body control and speed to beat blockers with outside-in moves. He bends the edge well and shows great closing burst to the quarterback. He sets a strong edge and shows good initial pop to stun blockers with initial contact. Sanders grades out as a pass rush specialist as a rookie. He has the talents to develop into an impact every down starter if he adds bulk and strength to his long frame. Yeah, I agree with I agree with a lot of that. Uh, you know, Sanders is a bit of a project, like you said. He's he's you know two two twenty eight at six five. Now the six five part is is appealing. I mean, if you go back and look at uh, Chandler Jones's stats at Syracuse, I mean, he wasn't the sack monster there that he was uh, with the Cardinals. I mean, this is a kid I think will who's got the motor. And the um, attack mentality off the edge that um, that are very attractive, and I think um, would make him a a, a a nice fit in our thirty four defense. I mean, he's got the athleticism on the edge that we want too, which is uh, an attractive. And he defends the run well um, already. So, and I think they could. You know, if, if he's got enough athleticism to hold up in coverage if and when they wanted to do that. But I think he projects well to the bandit weak outside linebacker position that, that Chandler Jones played. And um, I think it'd be a nice piece to add in there. And I know the Cardinals are very interested in him, and I think it's a good fit. So, and then um, going to move on to the next pick. 
Oh, I will. Before we go, I did have one thing there because I don't really like the player comparison things because I feel like sometimes people can get lazy with it. But I did like the player comparison I found for him, which was Arden Key was his player yeah. comparison. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I kind of like that. Uh, I could see that. And, um, you know, the, the key is the, 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 the strength and he's Sanders has strength, even though he's two twenty eight. I mean, he's got hand punch, and he he holds up well physically, and he's disciplined. That's the other thing I love about these Cincinnati kids is they play the game the way it's supposed to be played. When you watch them, they're fundamental. They do what they're supposed to do. Um, I'm not that concerned about the sack numbers per se. Um, in college, I think that uh, with uh, you know continued um, weight training and growth. I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, and I think he can contribute as a rookie, um, in certain spots, uh, for sure. Um, but, uh, intriguing talent on the edge there uh, to get it at pick 87 is pretty, pretty, pretty good. So, um, next pick is one I'm really excited about too, is we're going to go back to the secondary and add in at pick 95, which we picked up uh, for a trade down with the Bengals at 95. We're going to take Kobe Bryant, cornerback, um, who played opposite uh, uh, Sauce Gardner. All right. So Kobe Bryant in his cornerback-specific traits is apparently above average in everything, above average instincts, above average cover skills, above average ball skills, above average run support, and above average height, weight, and speed. Um, Bryant, a four-year starter who had 25 pass breakups and seven interceptions the past two seasons, won the Jim Thorpe Award in 2021. He is a tall corner with good bulk for the position. In coverage, he allowed an average of just 32.9 receiving yards in 14 starts during the 2021 college football playoff season. He is a highly instinctive corner who does a stellar job diagnosing receivers' routes in man coverage and route combinations in zone coverage. Bryant lacks elite top-end speed but flips his hips smoothly and knows how to protect himself vertically versus speedsters. He shows good balance in his pedal, breaks quickly on throws in front of him, and does a great job of limiting yards after catch. He has the size and enough strength to fight through blocks and bring down bigger ball carriers. Bryant grades out as a number three corner as a rookie, with the potential to develop into a solid number two NFL corner. Yeah, boy, I love this kid. I've been just watching um, the uh, Senior Bowl again. Um, kind of getting myself fired for the draft. And uh, once again, he stood out as a physical corner. Um, I just love the way this kid plays. He's a battler. And um, like they said, they don't, he doesn't have elite speed, but his technique and his smoothness and transitions, and he's not a panic player, which I love. Um, so many, you know, D-backs these days are, you know, handsy and panicky. And he, he plays, you know, the – Leverage well. He does. He's not super handsy. He trusts his own um, ability to uh, to jump routes, and uh, I love him. I, this, in fact, I'm gonna. I think maybe 
if in retrospect, I'd flip, I'd take uh, Kobe Bryant at 87 just to make sure. And I think uh, my Jay Sanders would probably be there at 95. Um, so to be able to land the two of them in round three is pretty exciting, um, particularly after going uh, with back-to-back -back offensive players and Ritter and Pierce um, with adding sauce in the at the beginning. Um, boy, that could be quite a boost to our defense. And then um, with a pick that uh, that I picked up in one of those trades at 133, I have the Cardinals taking running back Jerome Ford, Cincinnati. Kyle, hit it. Well, I don't. They don't have a scouting report there for Jerome Ford on ESPN. Which okay. I think it's just because he's one of the lower grades. But I will say that of his traits that they have. They list uh, average vision and patience, above average agility and acceleration, average power and balance, and he's averaged in the passing game, had average production coming out of college, according to them, uh, above average height, weight, and speed, above average durability, and average intangibles. His college stats during the, the college football playoff season, he ended up going for 1,300 rushing yards and 19 touchdowns. My buddy Blake Jude, who does draft scouting stuff, has him as his number nine running back, yep. and ESPN has him as their number ten running back. Nice. Well, um, I think this is an underrated player. When I was watching him this year, I loved watching the Cincinnati games. He just, you know, he's just a tough nut runner. Um, he grinds and he can flash. And he can break away at times. Uh, I just, you know, love the skill set. I think he's very underrated, to tell you the truth. Um, and in the rest of my mock, I have the Cardinals taking Pierre Strong too. They just just been meeting with uh, Strong is a is a, a complimentary um, speedster. Um, and the Cardinals will have a number of picks later on in the draft. Um, I had them in a couple picks that I picked up between um, in the middle rounds via the trades. I had them taking two defensive interior um, players, Noah Ellis from Idaho and Mark Ann McCall from, from Kentucky. Um, wanted to add to the depth there. I also added in uh, uh, Adam Anderson edge player from from georgia with pick 201 i added in Jer jeremiah moon the linebacker from florida a player i really like who i think is under the radar um of course uh you know um uh, that florida program and they those dudes play defense and moon was really a solid performer for them um and then uh I have the Cardinals taking Jack Jones, another cornerback, Arizona State. I really like Jack Jones. And then I'd have them taking E.J. Perry, quarterback of Brown, um, who I think is a really good system fit and would be another a quarterback to add to Cliff Stable. And I've said this repeatedly. I think if you give Cliff Kingsbury a stable of quarterbacks and a good defense, he's going to win a ton of games. I think Perry would be a nice fit in there. Um and uh, I think that with Colt McCoy uh, back for two years, you know, um, he can start until Desmond Ritter was ready. 
Um, I think McCoy working with Ritter would be a fantastic combination um, because they had, you know, sort of coming in, they had very similar skills to skill sets. Um, and then I rounded out a pick 257 with Nick Ford, the center from Utah. Yeah, it's unusual. I, not too many. I've seen too many drafts where you tap into one program, but I mean, I just like all of these these uh, Bearcats so much. In fact, I was trying to finagle the draft to also add in safety Brian Cook, who is a baller, man. I mean, wow. Um, I was tempted to take him in there. Uh, in the third round, I think he's going to go late third, early fourth. Um, of course, the Cardinals don't have a fourth round pick, which is why I tried to pick pick up a couple. Of, when I did go for him um, in the fourth round with the picks I was able to acquire, he was already off the board, which is understandable. So, dang, I couldn't add him in there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, it's fun to play around with these things and. And, you know, and you fall in love with certain programs and players. And I'd like to see the Cardinals make more of a concerted effort to tap into the best programs. Um, we do st still seem to, you know, Steve Keim has small school mentality at times um, in the draft of finding small, smaller school studs. Um, but I think that. You know, if you look at the Cardinals roster, not too many guys from Alabama, for example, not too many guys from Ohio State. I mean, you look at the top programs that, that get the top recruits. I think it's wise. I mean, look at Belichick with the with the Nick Saban connection in Alabama and look at what what that's done for the Patriots program, including now with Mac Jones and you know, they just picked up Mac Wilson um, in the trade and yeah, you know, of course they have Damian Harris and and uh, all sorts of. They have a number of Alabama players on that roster. Who, who Last have, year they took someone too. I can't remember who it was. Now it was um, the defensive lineman. Oh, Christian Barmore. They took Christian Barmore in the draft last year. And I'll tell you what, he had an outstanding um, rookie season. Barmore. I mean, what a talent! I know we talked about you know Revenge of the Birds. All the draft, uh, you know, um, pundits we have going there, which is awesome, by the way. Um, the draft discussions are great. I mean, our our fans, you know, know their stuff uh, when it comes to the draft. And you know, Barmore was a guy that really, really loved. And, you know, we also loved Quinn and Williams back in the day. Um, and while there was a lot of discussion, you know, about him. When uh, in his draft class with the Kyler Murray draft class, in fact, I think I remember, uh, you know, uh, that an hour before the draft, the draft when Dan Bickley traditionally gives his final pick, what the car who the Cardinals are going to take, he was hemming and hawing and, and said it's going to be Williams, and uh, you know there was a case to be made about that uh, uh, because w Williams is a really really fine player. Obviously, so but that program is loaded, and you know, Kyle, can you queue up the Cardinals roster and mm -hmm. scroll down the names and see if there are any? The only Alabama player I'm aware of is Deontay Thompson, 
safety. Um, he's a backup free safety for us that the Cardinals took in the fifth round um, four years ago uh, or in Murray's class. Um, because, you know, I mean, we get, Cardinals could do themselves a, a favor by tapping into the the best pro the best prospects on the best programs. And I, I know Cincinnati isn't power five conference, but boy, Oh boy, I'll tell you what, the way that they develop their players and the way that these, these players play, it's no wonder they made, you know, the first sort of, you know, uh, non-power five conference school to get into the final four. I mean, they earned it. I mean, they, they put a spanking on Notre Dame and that Notre Dame team was very talented. Um, and it was at Notre Dame, which was so impressive. And, you know, they got it done. And you, you get it done with with developing players. And that's what the Cardinals need to do a better job of. But how about getting players who are already well-developed when you draft them so they can plug and play? I mean, that's that's a great strategy whenever you can, can, uh, yeah. can do that. I don't that. see any Alabama on the roster. I see, right? you know, to your point, like there's obviously like Missouri and – a lot of Washington there, and Zach yeah. obviously comes from Stanford, and Rondale Moore from Pittsburgh. Or I'm sorry, not Pittsburgh, Purdue, the other right. P team, the right. other seven and five P team, and Max Williams from Minnesota, and right, you know Zach Allen from BC, uh, BC, your buddy over there in BC, and obviously you know Marcus Golden from Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. There's not a lot. I mean, obviously Isaiah Simmons comes from the five years that Clemson was a powerhouse yep. and yep. Love you got it. a Florida state connection in there and uh, yep. DeAndre Hopkins also from Clemson. But yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray of course is the magical right. exception from Oklahoma, but yeah, other than that, it is a lot of uh, either group of five teams or just, you know, lower level, right. lower level power five schools, you know, the ones that are kind of in the middle. I don't see any other, Alabama or Clemson. I don't think there's any Ohio State. I, I might be wrong, like deep in the roster, but it doesn't look like there's any Ohio State people. I don't think there is. See, that's what's just so mind-boggling to me is that you know, um, he, he, tapping into the the top programs talent-wise, you know, is a nice idea. Um, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if it's like this is just a theory. I wonder if it's just because Arizona hasn't had high enough draft picks to make that happen. Like they've had picks at the top of the draft. It's those picks have gone to like Kyler, who is obviously Oklahoma, Isaiah Simmons, Clemson. Um, I wonder if once they just get lower in the draft, they get fixated on certain prospects. I don't know if they're from certain places right. or whatever it is, but I well, wonder what the explanation is there. A classic example is last year, the offensive player I was banging on the table for was Najee Harris um, mm -hmm. from Alabama, who had such a unique combination of feet and vision. God, I got the age old, you don't take a running back in round one. And I just still, I cannot fathom. I mean, no one touches the ball more than the running back other than the quarterback. So, you know, you can get guys later in the draft. Yeah, but you can also get a Najee Harris who came from Alabama who set Alabama all their rushing records. And look what he did for the Steelers. I mean, you know, do they even make the playoffs? 
if they don't draft him. I mean, he was a huge addition, you know. So um, this year, I love the running backs in the draft. I'm not going to champion for one of them because we did re-sign James Conner. We do need – the Cardinals are doing their due diligence, and I think they will draft a running back at some point in this draft. I mean, I love Kenneth Walker. I love Brees Hall. I mean, if those guys are around at 55, you could make an argument if if the top receivers are off the board in terms of playmakers. I mean, to, you know, um, Walker and Hall are studs. I mean, one of those two guys, I bet you, is going to be Offensive Rookie of the Year next year, unless one of the wide receivers goes haywire. Cardinals have been meeting with James Jameson Williams. Um Jamison uh, is in town uh, meeting with the Cardinals. Uh, I think that's kind of a pipe dream, dream unless the Cardinals elect to trade up, and I don't think they have enough draft capital to do that this year. Um, and, of course, you know you don't know when Williams will be ready coming off the ACL. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, wow, from Alabama. I mean, what a great prospect. I mean, he would be a home run um, pick. Uh, but I just can't see him sliding to 23. He's just too talented. Someone's going to, and he's making good progress already on his rehab. I mean, someone's going to jump in there on him. Um, you know, if he gets into maybe the late teens, or early 20s, if the Cardinals could, you know, maybe even think of packaging that third round pick to move up to get him, that might be, be great. Um, uh, don't want to lose that third round pick, but at the same time, to grab someone as dynamic as Jamison Williams uh, would be really, really wonderful. But I'm still really high on Traylon Burks. Um, SEC, all first team SEC. When you, whenever you, you're not an Alabama receiver and you get all SEC honors first team, you're doing something. And uh, that kid's a baller. Um, I see the 49ers have now officially said they will take off offers for um, Debo Samuel. Um, oh, wow, I, I hope they trade him. Uh, that that would be a huge, huge, um, uh, you know, plus for the Cardinals if Debo leaves the building in, in, in Santa Clara. Um, and they might be able to get, a, you know, a, uh, a nice – uh, trade value in return for him because that, that kid is a stud. We saw it in the playoffs. The only thing on him is maybe the concern about injuries, which he had the year before. Um, but all those San Francisco running backs, except Elijah Mitchell, who held up amazingly, um, have struggled with injuries. I mean, you know, um, Mostert was uh, out of the lineup this year with injuries. You know, Jeff Wilson, same thing. I mean, those guys run hard and they're, you know, they're tough. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, Debo Samuel, I mean, I think that, um, you know, Traylon Burks comps very well to Debo Samuel. Um, maybe not quite as at quick as Samuel's is it at times, but, um, but physical and sturdy and and a rack monster um i think that's what the cardinals need they need playmakers to diversify their offense and and run after catch guys which they haven't had um 
you know, uh, for us, Christian Kirk was not that, except if he was alone over the top. But in traffic, he was not a catching and rack guy. We're hoping Rondale Moore will be more looked a little skittish in that role. Not like he looked at the beginning of his career at at uh, at Purdue, at Ohio State game where he, he was, you know, where tacklers he was getting tacklers bouncing off of him um, on breakaway runs. Uh, I think that if more once he gets comfortable and a little more uh, confident, um, he's going to break some tackles next year. That's what we need. We need we need guys to. To, to break tackles and and uh, and get ahead of the sticks, and so I mean, exciting to have him back. And um, you know, the draft is going to be interesting for the Cardinals because at twenty three, there are a number of options of where they can go. I think the one clear thing that we've been discussing with my buddies on Twitter is that if one of those Georgia stud tackles. Uh, defensive tackles is there at twenty three. I think it's a no brainer. You got to, you got to take Wyatt or um, Jordan Davis. I mean, Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis. I mean, would be a plug and play. Uh, you know, those guys are, are too good to pass up. But I don't think I'm going to guess neither one of them is going to be there. So at that point, you can look wide receiver with Burks, um, Peter Schrager. I wrote about him this week. Schrager's wager. On Revenge of the Birds, he has the the Cardinals taking Jahan Dotson. Kyle, you want to look up Jahan Dotson? Um, Absolutely. Give him, give us his and, and Traylon Burks. Let's let's do a little side by side study of those two. I mean, number of mocks that I'm seeing is having the Packers in front of the Cardinals taking one of those two and the Cardinals taking the other one. I've seen it where they have the Packers taking Dotson and the Cardinals taking Burks. And I've also seen it where the Packers take Burks and the Cardinals take Dotson. Um, and Peter Schrager, who, by the way, has been 100% um, since Cliff, his buddy, was uh, named head coach. He predicted Kyler, he predicted Isaiah, and he predicted um, Zavin. So... Um, and now he's predicting Dotson, which is Dotson's an interesting play. I mean, he's like a little faster version of Christian Kirk. Um, he too is not a real like going to break any tackles or anything, but he he's really good um, in the intermediate intermediate to deep deep spots of the field. He tracks balls well. Um, you got a little um, stats report on him. Uh, would you like Dotson first or Traylon Burks? Yeah, let's go with Dotson first. All right. So for Jahan Dotson, you are looking at elite ball skills as his number one trait. Also above average separation, above average big play ability, average durability, uh, but exceptional production in college during yes. his time. Uh, you mentioned him five foot ten, one hundred and seventy-eight pounds, which yeah. For reference, everyone last year in the draft was talking about how skinny uh, Devonta Smith was, and Devonta yes. Smith came in at 190. So this <laughs> guy definitely is uh, down. He, for reference, I'm 6'2", and he's about the same weight that I am. I'm I'm about five pounds lighter than him, and I am I am incapable of putting on weight. So <laughs> this guy this guy is is skinny for sure. 
Um, Dotson is an undersized but sudden and fast slot receiver. Ran a 4-4-3, 40-yard dash. Two things stand out on tape. Elite ball skills and exceptional body control. Everything he does is so under control. He's a very sudden athlete who uses his quickness and craftiness to get off the line versus press coverage. He's a sharp route runner with lightning quickness in and out of his breaks. He is arguably the most reliable hands in the 2022 class. He lacks length but can adjust to throws outside of his frame. Dotson plucks the ball on the run and over his head with complete ease, which is good for Kyler Murray. He lacks ideal size to win a lot of 50-50 balls in the NFL, but has good speed to challenge vertically. He tracks the deep ball extremely well. After the catch, he's silky smooth with good field vision. He won't break a lot of tackles, though. Yeah. And that's where, you know, Traylon Burks is the opposite. So if you want to queue up Traylon Burks. Yeah. So um, Burks on the flip side, he is 6'2, 225 pounds. Uh, like you talked about, uh, Traylon Burks is 6'2, 225. And uh, similarly to what you're saying, the ESPN grades him as position ranked number five. Uh, they also grade Dotson at six. Seems like it's kind of interchangeable between them. Uh, but we go to him with Burks had 146 catches, 2,394 yards, and 18 touchdowns during his three seasons for the Arkansas Razorbacks. He is a tall and thickly built receiver with average speed for his size, 455 second 40 at the combine. He spent a high percentage of snaps in the slot and projects as a good mismatch weapon in that role in the NFL. As a route runner, he's more smooth than sudden. He does a great job of locating soft spots in the zone. Burks also gains a lot of late separation by shielding defensive backs with his big frame. He has some tightness getting in and out of his breaks and won't threaten with acceleration off the line of scrimmage. He has big hands, flashes the ability to pluck on the run, and he shows good body control to adjust. Burks excels after the catch, where he's pursuit angle destroyer with acceleration and a long stride. As a vertical route runner, he adjusts well to the deep ball and has the frame to win a high percentage of jump balls. He grades out as a number three receiver as a rookie and could possibly emerge as a wide receiver too in the future. And by the way, there is a draft comparison for him and so he has some people that give him a first round grade and some people that give him a second round grade. Right. Uh, but the kind of draft comparison that I found for him would be, sorry, they had it go away a little bit. They give Brown. Him a, mm-hmm. So AJ Brown is one of them that they threw up there. They also threw up Darius Hayward Bay. I don't know if you remember him from years, yeah, years ago. No, I don't see that. Yeah, I no, mean, he's it's way more guy. AJ Brown. In fact, Lance Earline of NFL.com calls him uh, AJ Brown with a little more wiggle. Um, <laughs> and uh, AJ Brown, about, second round pick for people who don't remember. I mean, the thing that people are looking at is uh, the four five five that Burks ran at the combine. Um, don't let that fool you. He was clocked at twenty two miles an hour on one. One, one um, take it to the house, uh, lightning bolt, and he ran in Arkansas last year. Um, you know, he can turn it on, um, and he's got football speed. 
I mean, the combine's a track event, and you're not being chased by, you know, Sauce Gardner. Um, so, I mean, put Sauce Gardner behind you, and you're going to run <laughs> a 4 4 at least. Uh, and I mean, Burks has plenty of speed. That's not an issue. Um, I think. He does come out of his breaks a little slower than than you know the cat kick quick types like a Jayon Dotson. So this is what makes the draft so fascinating because you have, I mean, I would argue that well, we just drafted Rondell Moore. I mean, couldn't Moore play like Dotson? And I don't see why he can't. Um, and then you get a complimentary guy in in Traylon Burks and. You know, um, that would seem to make sense to me. But uh, either player would be a would be an upgrade um, to the you know to the to to the wide receiver unit. Um, we need more um, playmakers there. Both are playmakers, um, and both are exciting players. So you know, if they're going to go wide receiver there at twenty three, and then there's the interesting. You know, I was listening to. Um, Dick Pash's uh, uh, podcast with Daniel uh, Jeremiah yesterday, which, by the way, if you haven't heard the podcast with DJ and Pash, oh, it's great. It's fantastic and great. I mean, um, check it out. Uh, and uh, DJ nailed it uh, for the Cardinals at 23 and 55. Um, you know, he, he talked about the edge guys being available at 23. I don't think Johnson from FSU is going to slide that far. Um, but I think that, you know, there are a number of interesting uh, edge guys in that area um, that, that DJ pointed out. Maybe the Cardinals go edge at that spot. And of course, um, you know, I've, I'm also – my guy defensively of all of them is Roger McCready. Um, assuming you can't get Trent McDuffie. If we could get McDuffie, I'd go out of my mind. Keep the Washington connection going. Oh, my God. Uh, but uh, McCready, I have him on tape blanketing Jamar Chase. I also have him on tape blanketing Jalen Smith. So, I, you know, I mean, it's on tape. McCree is not going to run you a four three and wow you at the combine, but he's a leverage guy. He's the, he's a pesky press physical corner who sticks like white on rice. And um, I think that's exactly what the Cardinals need because let's face it. I mean, we have not been able to guard um, Cooper cup, Tyler Lockett and Debo Samuel. I mean, Cup and Lockett have gone off the cards pretty much every time they play. I mean, I did a you know quick look up and you know Cup last year. Um, let me let me cue this up for you. I mean, people say, "Well, we got you know uh, we got a good slot corner and Byron Murphy." And my answer to that is, but no, I mean Murphy hasn't been able to play these guys. Um, he hasn't slowed them down. I mean, you know, there's, there's just, uh, put it this way. Look at this one. So in the last two games, both losses to the Rams, Cooper Cup has 18 catches on 22 targets 
for 184 yards and two TDs. In the last two games against the Seahawks, Tyler Lockett has nine catches in 10 targets for 213 yards and two TDs. Combined, that's 27 of 32 for 397 yards and four TDs. And, you know, one and three record, and the one record, the one time that Cardinals won, you know, the game that they won in Seattle um, was with Colt McCoy at quarterback. Um, but down the stretch, they lost to the Rams, you know, twice, and then they lost to the Seahawks. That's still such a frustrating game. Could have won the NFC West. Oh, my gosh. It's just – let's just not go back there. Um, it's Let's just look forward. But uh, but if we're going to look forward, we got to look forward to getting a player in here who can cover Cup. I mean, you're not going to – no cornerback in the NFL, as we've seen, are going to stop him completely. But you got to have someone who's going to get into their head and disrupt their timings and really battle them, which the Cardinals – and let me tell you this. This is why, because because Vance Joseph realizes I don't have a guy to cover cup, so what does he do? He goes into those soft zones. So at least it looks like there's guys around to cover him. And we know what, how those turned out. I mean, let's give Vance Joseph a reason to play press man, which he says he prefers to do. So let's get a guy who's going to cover these guys, you know, and Samuel, hopefully he'll be out of the division if they can trade him. Um, well, do you want one more person to add to your stat list? Because uh, I could throw at you George Kittle, who in his last two games against the Cardinals, which was one in 2021 and one in 2020, has 13 catches on 15 targets, 202 yards, and one touchdown. Yeah, well, really? I thought we've done a better job on him recently. Well, he didn't play wow. in the one the, the one game that you um, that we they beat Trey Lance last year. He didn't play in that game because he yeah. was injured. But I took the game December twenty sixth last year and the game that they played oh, this yeah. year in uh, yeah. what was it the the Halloween one? Right. Well, there's two things with Kittle that at least the Cardinals have been able to do. One is that I think Isaiah Simmons has done it. Whenever they put him on him, he slowed him down. And um, the other is Buda Baker's in Kittle's head. I mean, Buda Baker, heat-seeking missile. I mean, every time Kittle catches the ball against the Cardinals, he's like jumping up, figuring he's going to get ankle, you know, plowed by Buda Baker. Baker took him down a couple of years ago, and um, uh, Kittle was hurt on the play, hurt his knee. And, um you know, Baker, he gets in the heads of a lot of guys. Baker's also gotten in the heads of De- Debo Samuel some. Debo, Debo had like four drops against the Cardinals in two games this year, and one of the main reasons why they were able to beat him. But but that's putting, um, you know, Buddha over the top of uh, Samuel, which is a good idea. But uh, so I went back and looked at his other games against the Cardinals. So 2019, eight catches, 70 yards. And then the first game of 2020, he only had four catches in that yeah, game. So. Yeah, that was the game that, that Buddha stuck it to him. And, um, you know, perfectly legal hits, too. I mean, textbook. Uh, but it just so happened. And 
uh, that uh, that it, Kittle kind of wrenched his knee on one of those hits, and uh, it was a tough break for him. Um, and uh, you know, but I think Buddha's been in his head for a long time. Um, and having a guy like, and I think that Collins could cover um, uh, Kittle as well, given that if, if he ever just given that task. I mean, we have the athletes to do it now. Devondre Campbell did a good job of covering Kittle when he was here too. So, I mean, I think we have answers there. We've doing much better covering tight ends than we were in the beginning of the Vance Joseph era. Um, I mean, way better. I mean, there's the first year, you know, Will Disley was 150 yards practically. I mean, any tight end, any tight end two against the Cardinals was having big days. But, you know, um, but yeah, so I, I prioritize, prioritize these, you know, the sticky press man corner position is being huge for the Cardinals. And, um, you know, being able to add two guys like Ahmad Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant to the mix there gets me really excited. Love these Cincinnati kids. Um, hope you appreciated that. And, uh, Many thanks to Kyle Ledbetter for for being the uh, Johnny on the spot with the with the scouting reports, and uh, love to hear your thoughts as always on Twitter um, and at revengeofthebirds.com. And uh, listen, may the rain, red rain of confetti, eventually shower down on all Cardinal fans all Cardinal players, all Cardinal coaches into a red, red, our red, red sea, red rain. <laughs>